because I really think it depicts how many Americans are feeling today. Tired, lonely, confused, desperate, just wanting 2020 to be over as fast as we can. And I was thinking about how, as the people of God, what can we say into this world in which we live and work and, and are today? I was thinking, as a people of God, it reminds me that we are called to carry the hope of Jesus into these hard times, to listen without judging, to um, pray without ceasing, to tell the story of the hope found in the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. Christ in us. Christ through us for the sake of the world and Christ is counting on you and on me to be a voice of hope in this world, in this time in which we now live. And it takes hard work and it takes courage. We are not the first people to face large challenges and we are certainly not the last. We're gonna continue in the biblical story of the ancient Israelites and how they responded to a very uncertain time in their own lives. And that's why we're looking at this series called New Territory because everything feels uncertain a bit today. And so how do the people long ago deal with a time of uncertainty and what can it help us in these days, in this time as well? They face some large challenges. They face some giants in their own lives. And we have a choice. We can focus on the size of our challenge or we can focus on the size of our God. It's all about your perspective and that's the title of the message today. And my prayer is that we might be carriers of faith and carriers of hope and carriers of courage in our world as we lead people today. So let's pray as we get started this morning. Gracious God, thank you so much for gathering us together today, Lord, in person and online together as people of God, as people of faith, to be encouraged by your word, to be energized by your strength, and to be filled up by who you are. And so, Lord, I pray that as we listen to this message, whether joining for the first time or for lots and lots of times. Lord, that you might speak to our hearts in a special and powerful way this morning. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. So we're stepping into the larger story of God's people in the Exodus as he uh, released the Israelites from slavery in Egypt after 400 years brought them through the wilderness land, uh, the wilderness into the promised land. So we're looking at that big story and what can that help us to understand in our lives today? We think there were about two million Israelites at that time when you think about men, women, and children. And God brought them up out of slavery into the wilderness. And he used a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead them, sort of the ancient Google Maps program, you know, in that day. It was just kind of fun and interesting. So we talked about that the first week. And then last week, we talked about the fact that once he got them into the wilderness, things didn't always go smoothly. There are always challenges. And they ran into this time where they didn't have any water. And they began to grumble. And they began to complain. Now, you and I, do we ever grumble or complain when we face new challenges? I think it's pretty much human nature. And we talked about how can we, in those moments, still trust in God's provision and help in the midst of those times. So we're gonna skip ahead a bit in the story this week. The Israelites now have gotten used to life in the wilderness. God has provided water for them. God provides for them every morning this manna, this bread to eat. When they complained that they didn't have meat, he sent them quail, so now they have meat to eat as well. 
And so they're learning to live and to manage in the wilderness fairly well. So God brings them to the southern border of the promised land, to the land of Canaan. And he told Moses, he said, I want you to choose 12 men to go and and sort of explore this new land, the promised land territory. So Moses called all the people together and he asked for one representative from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent them into the land to go and explore. Tell us what it's like. What do you see? What are the people like? What are the towns like? Go tell us all about it. And so they spent 40 days sort of exploring that land and they come back to give their report to the people. And so we're gonna pick up the story there in Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. You'll see it on the screen. It says this, they came back to Moses and to Aaron and to the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. And they gave Moses this account. We went into the land in which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large, We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Now, that might not mean a whole lot to us, but it was their reputation that they were bringing back. And these people were tough, and these people were hard, and they were everywhere, along the sea and in the hills and everything else. The report was frightening. Even though they brought back some good news, The headline, what they wanted everybody to know, was frightening, and it was scary. And I was thinking about headlines today. I kind of had to chuckle a little bit. I sometimes check out my phone on USA Today. There's a little app there. I read the news there. And uh, there was a headline that caught my eye earlier this week. Asteroid heading to Earth on November 2nd, one day before the national election. I was like, seriously? One more thing? What else is 2020 going to throw at us? Come on. But it engaged me enough that I wanted to read the story. And when you actually read the story, the asteroid is like, you know, six feet wide. It's going to burn up in the atmosphere. And it has like less than 1% chance of doing anything here on Earth. But the, the headline captured my attention for a minute because it was sensational and it was something that was hard to hear. And that's what happened. This report began to circulate throughout the Israelites and it became this impossible task. That even though God had promised them this land, all the reports they were hearing began to spread seeds of fear. Then one person, Caleb, one of the 12 spies, spoke up. And he said, we should go. We should go and take the land for we can certainly do it. But the other 10 leaders who had gone in the land, they spoke up and said, no way, we can't attack these people. And they began to exaggerate this threat saying, all the people we saw were huge and there were giants in the land and we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. So there's 10 people over here stirring up this report. There's one guy over here, Caleb, who said, no, we can do this. God is with us. And all the eyes I imagine in that moment look to Joshua. He was the other one there. What was Joshua gonna say in this moment? 
Have you ever been in those rooms, whether it's in your business or in a group, and everybody else seems to have talked and they're looking to you, what is it that you think about this idea or this proposal or whatever else? And it's hard to be on the hot seat. And I imagine he was getting his blood pressure was going up a little bit and there was this feeling in there, what am I going to say? And we know that Joshua in that moment decided instead of going with the majority report in the crowd, he went and he stood with Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb spoke up and said, don't be afraid of the people of the land because God is with us. We can take the land. But it wasn't a popular opinion and the other spies and the people, they wanted to now stone Joshua and Caleb and they said, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. And there is a lot of tension going on in our world today. There's a lot of tension and uncertainty and it create conflict in the places that we find ourselves. And as I was thinking about it, I remembered the words of Craig Rochelle in a recent leadership conference. He said this. You'll see this on the screen. Every major crisis creates unexpected problems and unprecedented opportunities. Every major crisis creates unexpected problems and unprecedented opportunities. Joshua and Caleb saw the exact same thing that the other 10 spies had seen. They knew the size of the people. 10 of the spies were terrified and they began to spread fear among the people. Two of them, I think they still dealt with that same kind of fear. It was scary, it was hard. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen either. But they learned how to manage that fear in order to lead the people forward. What was the difference between the 10 over here and the two over here? I think it's what they chose to focus on. It's what they chose to focus on. It wasn't that they weren't afraid. It's how they managed their fears as leaders and they continued to push forward and they continued to lead in spite of their fears. And they became a voice of hope. And they became a voice for what God can do. And many of you are in a leadership capacity of some kind in these days. You're a leader in your family, or you're a leader of a group, or you're a leader of people at work or in the classroom. Maybe you have leadership of our whole company or organization. You also lead yourself. What are you going to focus on? What are you going to focus on? You have the ability to set the tone and the culture for yourself, for your family, for those that you lead and the groups that you're responsible for. What kind of tone and culture are you going to set? In the challenges, you probably are going to feel some level of fear. That's part of leadership. It's part of what comes with the territory. Expect it, anticipate it, especially in challenging times, in times of reset, in times of change, in times of walking into the unknown. There is going to be some fear. You can't know exactly what's going to be on the other side. The question is, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to deal with it? Look what Joshua and Caleb chose to do in Numbers chapter 14, verse 6. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes and they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. 
Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Joshua and Caleb, they did their homework. They did their research. They analyzed the cities and what the people were like and where they were and all that stuff. Then they chose to focus on the size of their God, not the size of their challenge. They trusted that God would deliver them, though not everyone agreed. They chose to focus not on the problem, but on the opportunity. They chose to focus not just on the problem, they chose to focus on the opportunity. And in the challenges that present themselves for you in your world today, in your family, in your company, in your classroom, in your business, I want to encourage us today to acknowledge the fear, but choose to lead with faith. Acknowledge the fear, but choose to lead with faith. You see, all of us have that same responsibility to analyze, to research, to do all that we need to do around a decision or a problem or something that is in front of us. But then what we do out of that makes a huge difference. We can choose to to see the giant and live in fear. We can pretend that the giant isn't there. Or we can say, Lord, this this is where I'm at right now. And I need to know what the next step is. And so, Lord, would you lead me? Would you guide me? And help me to know what the next step is. Faith is simply taking the first step, even when you can't see the top of the staircase. Faith is simply taking the first step, even when you can't see the top of the staircase, but trusting that God is going to lead you every step of the way and to know and trust that process. Years later, Joshua had the responsibility to lead all the people of Israel. Moses had died and Joshua had served alongside of him, had been his assistant for many, many years. And now it was his turn. It was his turn to step up to the plate and lead. And it's interesting that in Joshua chapter one, the very first thing that God says to Joshua as a leader, as he's trying to figure out, as they're about to embark on the promised land, the very first words he says to them in Joshua 1.9 is, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, courage, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the willingness to take action in spite of one's fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the willingness to take action in spite of one's fear. And so be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. These words just keep, keep coming over and over and over again in scripture. God knows where we are. God knows our hearts. And to the people long ago and to us today, he continues to say, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Change, it forces us to confront things that we normally wouldn't address and without courage we become sort of overwhelmed by fear or we can become paralyzed by fear. Feel the fear and lead anyway. Feel the fear and lead anyway. Ultimately, because the people 
did not believe that God would bring them into the land. They were never able to see it. And God rewarded Joshua and Caleb for their faith, but he said, they are the only ones. And then the very young children, they are the ones who are gonna be able to go into the promised land. Those of you that, that did not believe, those that didn't believe in that time, they wandered around over and over again. For 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. And they were never able to see the promised land because they couldn't grasp it and they couldn't see the vision and they couldn't go because they were afraid, because they lacked courage. And I think for us today, in our lives and in our families, it's hard. Where do you need courage in your life and in your leadership in these days? Great leaders don't cast blame. Great leaders take responsibility and cultivate hope. Great leaders take responsibility. They cultivate hope. There is a promised land out there. We're making progress and learning to think differently. We're, we're learning to be creative. We are going to get through this time. It is going. Come on, let's go. That's what good leaders do. You provide faith and hope for the people around you. And maybe that's your children, and maybe that's your grandchildren, or maybe it's your coworkers, or maybe it's your friends or other people around you. How can you be a voice of hope? How can you be a voice of courage for the people in your life right now that need it? How can you be that voice of courage and that voice of hope in your life right now for the people around you who need it? Because they're watching you. And they're watching how you respond to situations and they're, responding how you, they're watching how you respond to all the things that are coming at us right now. And maybe you need courage to just take that next step. Maybe you need courage to say to your coworkers, hey, this isn't working, we need, we need to change this up. Maybe you need courage to you know, go to the store and, and, and wear your mask and that's a big step. Maybe you need courage to speak an unpopular opinion in a group. Maybe you need courage to um, come to church. Maybe that's just a big step for you and, and, and wearing a mask and being able to do that. Maybe you need the courage to, if you're online, to just set this time aside and say, this is what we're gonna do. We are going to focus and be a part of worship every single Sunday. I don't know what that step of courage is for you right now but I know that all of us need courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's a willingness to take action in spite of your fear. And God reminds all of us this morning, be strong and courageous. What we need today are more people like Joshua and Caleb, people who see the giants, people who investigate the truth, but who trust in God causing fear to give way to faith. They focus on the size of their God rather than the size of their challenge. They trust in God who is bigger than themselves. They choose to stand up with courage and see a situation from a whole new perspective. They choose to focus on the opportunity, not the problem, and they choose to become a voice of hope. I wanna leave us this morning with a thought from Carly Fiorina. It was a little nugget from the Global Leadership Summit and she gave us just a five minute piece but I thought it was really powerful and really helpful. And you'll see it up on the screen. 
It says, tough times reveal character. So choose courage to see and to speak the truth. Choose humility because we need each other. And choose empathy to see someone else's experiences, to put yourself in another person's shoes. What we need today is to choose courage, to choose humility, to choose empathy, and to be people of hope. Our greatest power comes from the character we reveal and the people that we serve. God had all kinds of assignments for people in scripture. And they were assignments that required courage. God told Abraham to father a nation when Abraham had no son and Sarah was beyond childbearing age. He told Moses, deliver the children of Israel to cross the Red Sea to provide water from the rock. He, chose, he told Gideon to defeat the entire Midianite army with only 300 men. Jesus told his disciples to feed the multitudes and to make disciples of all nations. None of these things were humanly possible. It took faith, it took courage to take that first step. But when people begin to see something happening, that God is doing a work that nobody else can do, it begins to bolster faith, faith and it begins to bolster courage and it begins to rally people together. I heard a story even this morning about somebody who had a pretty serious health issue and, and they began to pray and they began to get treatment from a doctor and the next day were completely different. And even the doctor said, I don't know how this happened, but for the power of God. And God is still in the business of healing lives and God is still in the business of putting broken things together and God is still in the business of protection and God is still in the business of healing. But it takes you and I to be people of hope and people of courage. We can do this because God is with us. Trust in the one who is bigger than you because that is where our calling and our courage meet for such a time as this. Christ in us, Christ through us for the sake of the world. Don't rely on your own strength, but press into the strength of the one who lives inside of you. Let's pray. As we just pause for a moment today, whether we're in person or watching at home, where is it that you need courage today? You just maybe feel worn out and feel overwhelmed by all that's going on around. Or maybe there's something in your business or something with your coworkers something in your classroom. And you just need courage. And I just pray that God might just touch your heart this morning and might fill you up with hope, with faith to take that first step and to trust that God will lead you one small step at a time that we choose to focus on how big our God is and not the size of our problem. And Lord, if there are people listening or watching today that say, you know, I, I just, I don't have that strength to rely on. And perhaps this morning, you just need Jesus in your heart and in your life. 
I just pray that you would just reach out to him this morning and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need that sense of strength because I don't have it. And that you would reach out and take his hand and allow him to lead you and to guide you every step of the way too. Thank you, Lord, for your promise and for your strength. And may we hold on to that, to be strong and courageous in all the places that we need it this week. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. We're gonna respond with a song. Would you stand? Thank you.